Welcome to our first door on the left podcast. I'm John, my son, Paul, and I love music and we want to invite you to join our musical journey. We're here to give perspective and gain perspective, to encourage and to be encouraged, to inspire and to be inspired. Please subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. We try to post weekly on Wednesdays. We're on anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, and YouTube. If you ever need to reach us, we'd love to hear from you at firstdoorpodcast at gmail.com. Let's grow together. Good morning. Um, thanks for joining us here on the podcast. And I'm a little bit out of my element today uh, in more ways than one. Uh, I am not in the studio today. Um, so if I sound different, that would explain why. Um, I'm actually recording this dir just directly on a laptop. Um, I don't have my mixer or anything with me. Uh, ironically, Paul and I have just talked recently about trying to do um, an episode kind of remotely, like just going off uh, off site, away from our house, away from our studio, and just recording an episode elsewhere. Um, kind of just to try it and see how that would go um, and, and kind of to, to get a different vibe. But um, anyway, I'm doing that today out of necessity. Um, I'm just in a different place. And um, the other way that I'm out of my element today is that Paul is normally with me and uh, he is not here with me today. Uh, he actually had a bit of an accident um, yesterday, and so today we typically would have, uh, our episodes typically come out on Wednesdays, um, try to get those out at 9 a.m. Um, this is actually our first episode ever that has dropped a little bit late, and so not not too bad, I, I suppose, in, um, in 32 straight weeks. So this is episode 32, and I uh, just wanted to to come at you today, didn't want to skip this episode. Um, uh, Paul and I spoke last night. He wasn't feeling up to it. He's still not feeling up to it. And um, yeah, so so um, keep him in your thoughts as he uh, gets well. Again, he had a little bit of an accident and he is a little bit banged up. Uh, his glasses are super banged up. So um, just keep him in your thoughts and prayers. Anyway, I just want to come to you today and um, probably keep this as short as I can, although I know I can get long-winded. Um, but I actually want to start in a way that I've never started before on this podcast. I actually want to start and read some scripture um, briefly. So this is from James 1. Um, it's uh, verses 2 and 3. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, Consider it an opportunity for great joy, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. And so um, I'm not going to go really deeply into that because um, I don't, uh, I, I realize that that would be out of, out of context a bit for um, what we talk about on this podcast. But um, I do believe that when we face uh, any trials, um, we, uh, it's not always easy to be joyful, right? Um, but I do believe, uh, for sure that it's an opportunity to grow an opportunity to learn. And so I actually want to talk today a little bit about troubleshooting. And, um, today's episode is 
is um, based on a completely real-world scenario that has happened. Uh, Paul and I were both involved in this in the last um, probably two weeks, I, I think. And so just to give it a little bit of context, we uh, I think we've talked about this. We, we often, where we play music is at church. And um, often Paul is on the drums. Usually when he's on the drums, I'm playing guitar or bass and I'm singing, that sort of thing. Um, typically our instrumentation goes something like this on, on a full week when we have drums. We'll typically have drums, bass guitar, at least one acoustic guitar, um, keyboard, and often uh, two to three vocals. So that's, that's our scenario. Um, for monitoring, we are all using in-ear monitors. So just putting all of that context out there, um, a little bit more context. My in-ear monitors are running on a wireless system from Sure. I don't know the model, doesn't matter um, in, this, in this conversation. Um, and that's, that's running straight off the, the console. And all of the other musicians that particular week, um, singers, were running off of Aviom um, A360s, I believe. Um, model again, not all that relevant, but I just want to put all of that out there because I'll probably mention a few things about these mixers um, that may or may not, if you've used Aviom's, they may or may not match what you are using because there's a few different models of Aviom's out there. Um, so what was happening was this. Um, Paul was playing drums. He was actually doing quite well at keeping his volume low. There were there were some times where maybe the cymbals uh, were a little bit hot, where the snare drum was a little bit hot. We're playing in a really live space, a really live room, not good acoustics. Um, and he does a really good job with volume control. But there are times when there's a song that comes through and maybe he's a, a bit more passionate about it or or it's a song that's a bit more driving and it, it's hard. It gets difficult to control that. So we were getting some comments and I don't think she would mind me saying this, but my wife was having problems. She was playing keyboard and singing. She was having problems um, with the volume of the drums. And again, we're all in in-ears, so we're all pretty isolated from one another. And um, typically it, it's fairly easy to control um, because you're, you're very isolated. It's pretty easy to control bleed from other, uh, like volume bleed from other instruments and that sort of thing. Really the only thing that's, that's truly live in the room, it would be like acoustic guitars and the drums, um, on a regular basis. So, um, she had the drums, the drum mix in her avion turned down most of the way. Um, and she was still, they were still a bit loud for her. Um, she had her, uh, there is an ambient microphone on those avioms and she had it turned most of the way down, but not all the way, um, which is probably correct in that scenario to have it not off, but have it on a little bit, but those, those mics are pretty sensitive. And so, um, she was resorting or having to resort to turning that all the way off, which is a little bit problematic in itself. So, um, on the flip side, um, so Paul had his avion turned up a, a good bit enough. Um, 
as much as he should need to turn it up. And he had his drums most of the way up. Um, maybe all the way up. Um, that drum mix turned all the way up. And um, his um, ambient mic was all the way off because the proximity of his ABM mixer to the drum kit, um, if he turns the if he turns that mic on, and so this is probably something we need to address separately, but if he turns that ambient mic on, the hi-hat, the snare are just way too loud. And so, um, long story short, he wasn't able to hear himself very well at all for some reason. I didn't know why. It didn't make sense in my head. Uh, Mandy was hearing a bit too much of him. And in my mix, which was not Avion, again, off the console, um, being controlled through a, a mobile app on an iPad, I was able to hear him fine. Uh, wasn't too loud, wasn't too quiet. It was it was kind of just where I needed it. And so um, out of this, you know, you, you have these sorts of problems that need to be, you need to troubleshoot through them. And... Um, conflict comes like not on purpose but it just gets frustrating uh relationally between the people involved that are having trouble um and in addition to all of this um our person that was there mixing the sound that night they were actually having trouble getting enough of the drums in the house um like they they wanted the drums to feel stronger as well so um I could go so deep into this. I'm, I'm not going to try to. So long story short, I've got all of these clues. Paul can't hear himself. Mandy's hearing too much. The The sound uh, engineer uh, is not, they're, they're not strong enough. And, and so it, it began kind of this pursuit of troubleshooting. We were having trouble. We were having great joy in those troubles, right? No, not really. We weren't, we weren't joyful with any of this, but it gave us an opportunity to learn. And so I just wanted to share with you kind of what we found as we, as we looked through this scenario. So, um, I was 100% convinced that the problem was with the drums, but not necessarily with the drummer. And so, um, Paul, I think you were doing fine. Um, but we had some problems. So, Here's what I found at the board. So we, we run a digital console. It's a uh, Soundcraft SI something. I don't know the model, not relevant, not completely relevant in this conversation, but on each channel of the board, there are gates. And so one of the first things I found was that the, the first rack tom, um, uh, all, of our, all of our drums are mic'd individually the only, the only thing that's not mic'd individually would be our cymbals, and those are mic'd with two overheads. So they're picking up the hi-hat and, and all three cymbals in addition to the hi-hat. So everything's individually mic'd, and we do run gates on our um, on our drums. And so that, that's probably an opportunity for another episode is to just talk about gates. Um, but what I was finding with the first rack, Tom, was that the gate was, was a bit too engaged if that makes sense. And so um, it was it was set at a point to where 
if Paul hit a tom lightly, it would not engage the microphone. Uh, it was you could hear it uh, acoustically and everything like that, but it wasn't coming through the system at all. So I found that. I also found the exact same problem on the kick drum. So again, if Paul would um, do a light kick on the kick, um, it wasn't coming through the system. And so those two things, um, I don't care who your drummer is, um, uh, unless they're an absolute professional and understand the dynamics of, of sound engineering as well as, as drumming, um, probably wouldn't have been able to identify necessarily why they weren't able to hear themselves um, when they were playing lightly. But um, I fixed the gate. So the gate now, no matter the volume that, that Paul would kick the kick drum or hit the, the, the tom, those sounds would, would now come through the mix. Um, so that, that, that was a pretty easy fix. The other thing that we found is that um, we have compression on all of the drums. And part of that, part of the reason for compression in our scenario is just to, uh, it's a small room, it's a very live room, we want the drums in the mix, but we don't want uh, an overwhelming amount of volume, period. And so we did have compression on the drums. Um, and I'm honestly not sure when and where that compression got set, um, but the compression had gotten set to such a level that um, I was hearing them fine. My mix was coming directly out of the board uh, into my, my wireless in-ear monitor system. Um, and that was all happening before the compressor was kicking in. Okay. So, so in other words, the compressor wasn't affecting what I was hearing. However, the compressor was affecting everything as well that was going through the avioms. So in addition to that compressor was absolutely affecting what was coming through the house speakers. Um, and so we had to reset our compressors and and um, have them compress a bit less to where they weren't squashing the sound so much that there was just nothing left. So that one setting on each of those drums, we got it corrected. Um, and now the drums were now coming through at an appropriate volume through everything. And here's like the whole, here's the whole wrap up for me today. And I, I am wrapping this up. So, so that being said, we fixed the two gates that were problematic. We fixed the compressors on each of the channels that were being problematic. Um, here's what I found because I am a drummer. I'm a drummer first. Uh, it was my first instrument. Then I played guitar and then I began singing all that. That's kind of my mu musical journey in a, in a very small, small frame, um, early on, um, sound engineer kind of by, necessity, not by, I never was wanting to be a sound engineer. It just kind of happened. Um, I was in a band and I ran sound force in churches and, and, and this, I'm making a generalized statement, but I realize it's not true in every scenario. We often quickly default to putting up a shield in front of the drums. Um, we want to make the drums quieter, so we, we try to block them from the mix. There's a lot of good reasons for trying 
to do this. Um, I will say though, um, shields are are quite expensive. They're really heavy to lug around, so they're they're a little bit of a pain. They get fingerprints on them. There's a lot of downsides to that. The main downside for me for a shield, if I'm using one as a drummer, if there's shield, if there's a shield in front of my drums while I'm playing, I naturally play louder because psychologically I believe that I can. And so shields, unless you have a full coverage um, around, above, behind, you name it, unless you have absolute full coverage with that shield, the shield reflects the sound. It doesn't block, it doesn't absorb the sound 100%. Um, not even close to 100%. You're, you're going to get some dB drop, maybe. Um, but what counteracts that is if I'm the drummer and I'm playing louder, it actually just defeated the purpose of putting up the shield because now as a drummer, I'm playing louder. And so we don't use a shield at church um, for that reason uh, at, at the campus that we play at. For, for those reasons, we don't use a shield because it isolates in so many ways. It makes the drummer feel like they're in a different room and they're not. They're still in the same room. It naturally makes them play louder and it takes a lot of extra effort on the drummer's part to not naturally play louder to like fight that that urge to play louder and so out of all of that what happened with with what we found in our troubleshooting was that by allowing the drummer to actually come through the system a bit more including their own monitor uh, Paul was able to hear himself much better, um, and therefore he could control his sound better. Um, you know, again, like if the drummer's not hearing themselves well, they're going to naturally tend to play louder to compensate and overcompensate for that. Um, so it was a win-win because when he could hear himself, he was he controlled his volume way better which brought the sound down for Mandy as well. She was now able to turn him up a little bit in the avion and, and for him to not be too loud. Um, and just fixing those two things, like fix the whole situation. And now we will have this problem again at some point. We will run into it, whether it's at our at our church or, or some other place that we end up playing. We will run into this again. And so um, first of all, when you're trouble, troubleshooting, like that, that's, you know, we've talked about a little bit about plan B over the, over the last couple weeks. Maybe it was last week. I'm not sure. But we've talked a little bit about troubleshooting. You have to know how to troubleshoot. Um, you really like take all of, all of your clues. You know, I had the clue of Paul couldn't hear himself. Mandy heard too much of the drums. Uh, the sound engineer couldn't hear as much as he wanted to hear the drums, um, which is rarely the case. That's that's actually a, a blessing, but it, it was becoming a problem. Um, uh, it was a blessing because we knew that Paul wasn't playing too loud. I'll just put it that way. So troubleshooting is tricky, but it's really important to know how to do it. Um, the other thing you need to know for troubleshooting 
and and it, it's hard to teach troubleshooting because like uh, it's it's unpredictable. Um, it's unpredictable to some degree. One and until you start running into the same problems and you start identifying, hey, like I've had this happen before, and I did these things to correct it. Which brings me to my last point as I wrap this up. Um, when you troubleshoot, when you find a solution for whatever problem you were dealing with, um, document it. Make a voice memo to yourself, write it down, um, do a selfie video on your laptop, whatever it takes, document it. How did I fix this? What was I running into? How did I fix it? Um, record those things, document them. This is one of the things I am not good at. I'm not great at documenting or remembering that I should document things. And so that's actually one of the reasons I'm, I'm making this an episode today. Um, last but not least, and I'm really going to wrap up. Um, whenever you fix a problem, you might be creating a different problem. And I know that's a, a discouraging way to leave this, but it's true um, in so many ways. And I, I could go into different walks of life and outside of the music world to talk about that, but I won't. Um, but that's when documentation becomes really important because as you're fixing something, you might adjust something that you need to go back and readjust um, in order to counteract whatever problem might have been created by your solution for the first problem. So um, anyway, yeah, not super encouraging, but it's just, it's good to be aware that of that fact that when you're, when you're fixing things, sometimes other things in the process, in the chain of uh, um, uh, processing or whatever might get affected, might get broken, might get problematic. So um, it's good to have that documentation in place so that you can retrace your steps and that'll help you troubleshoot for the new problem you've created. So, um, that's it for me for today. Paul, I miss you, man. I miss having you here to, to talk with. I'm sure that our listeners miss you. Uh, they miss hearing your, your, your voice and your voice cracks and your laughter and it's probably been, if they've made it this far into the episode, I'm sure it's been a boring journey for them. So I can't wait to have you back here with me and uh, not, not necessarily here because I'm not in the studio, but um, yeah, I look forward to recording with you again. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, subscribe, let us know what you think. And uh, give us feedback on this. Did this help? Uh, am I wrong? Um, are you able to, are you able to learn when you have trouble or is it just trouble? Um, anyway, it's trouble is going to come. So we better be ready to, to embrace it and troubleshoot through it and fix it and then celebrate that we were able to learn something in the process. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon.